Good evening, everybody. Uh, so glad, again, that you were here tonight. I understand that tonight, is it night one of the Bachelor finale? Oh, it's night two. So this is like when it all happens, and you decided to come be with us. There has to be like some special reward in heaven for that. Um, maybe you know, the, uh, last week we started a, a series on sexuality, and, uh, and Kelsey spoke, and it was uh, a really important word that she shared um, about trusting God with our sexuality do we, asking the question, do we trust the wisdom of God with our sexuality? And tonight, I've invited um, four really close friends, maybe uh, who are uh, alumni of the Annex, to come and speak about sexuality candidly with us tonight. Um, two of, <laughs> I'm just joking. We're taking a break from the sexuality series uh, just for this week. Um, I really hope I got your heart rate up, Turk. Um, um, every year, we like to take just a break in the middle of uh, whatever flow is going on um, to uh, address uh, a, a candid uh, and have a candid conversation about the reality of our collective lives and where we're headed. Um, many of us, and most of us, I think, in this room are somewhere on a, a, a collegiate education track, which means at some point, you're no longer going to be in college, and you're going to be graduating, and life um, will happen in a different way. And so, uh, and you'll be working in some capacity. And so we have, for years, had this conversation about what does it mean to be ready for the future? And how can we um, help you get ready to be followers of Jesus uh, in your life after college? Not just in college, but get you ready for your, your life after college as well. So tonight I have invited um, some friends to come and be a part of a panel. They all have some connection to Annex, whether they were students in the Annex um, one that worked uh, for the Annex as an intern, and another who um, is a core group leader. Would you just um, give them a warm welcome as they come up on stage um, and share with us tonight? Thanks, guys. Yeah, you can keep that rolling. That sounds great since it's such a long walk up here. Exactly. Awesome, awesome. Yep, yep. Turkey, I can come right up the middle here. All right, I'll start... Um, yeah, go ahead and take a seat. Great. Um, yeah, Kara, that's great. We're, wherever, yeah, wherever. Just, we hadn't planned this part out. This is real candid. The last time I saw Sam Crawford, it was on a dance floor in the Dominican Republic. The last time I saw you was at a tree lot in your front yard. Um, anyway, so here we are together. Um, I, why don't we just go around, introduce yourself, where you're from, your name, where you're from, where you went to school, and what you do with your days now, like work or, in your case, Kara, what you're studying. I'd see you. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Um, my name is Kara, and I, yeah, woo, grew up in California. And then I went to the University of Washington. Go, go dogs, dogs. Go dogs. In Seattle. Um, and then, <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then I moved here, and I spend my days at the law school. I'm in my second year at the law school studying law. Yeah. My name is Aaron. Um, I was an intern here at the Annex uh, four years ago, I think now. I grew up in Eugene, Oregon. I went to school at Pepperdine University. Um, currently, I work for a tech company based out of San Francisco, so I, I do operations for them. Um, that's my day today. Um, my name is Sam. I went to the University of Colorado. Let's go Buffs. There we go. Um, I am from Littleton, Colorado. Um, 
Nice. Um, and I spend my days actually in Boulder. I work at an advertising agency in Gun Barrel. What's it called? Called the CPB. Woo! Crispin Porter Bogusky. Great. Those are all the friends. I'm Maddie. I also went to see you. Um, go Buffs. Thanks, guys. Thank go you. Buffs. Go Buffs. Go Buffs. Um, I live in Denver now. Grew up in Connecticut, and I go Connecticut. Yeah, Connecticut. Um, so now I work in content for a gin brand. Gin, like the liquor, not like 24-hour fitness. Um, and I work from home. Awesome. I, you have one. Yeah, I have one. Exactly. Um, so, first of all, this number that's on the screen here, tonight uh, we'd love to hear what you want to hear from them. So please text questions to this number as they arise. Um, we're going to have a conversation about life post-college regarding community, regarding faith, and regarding work. Community, faith, and work. So all things that um, I think all of us have some level of interest about and maybe some questions, and certainly, I imagine, at a certain level or at certain moments, anxiety about. Um, you guys, what, was, what were some of the things you were most anxious about as a college student when you thought about life post-college? Um, I think for me, I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. I had a lot of friends who were going into real jobs, teaching, going back to school, uh, doctors and nurses, and things that felt like real life tracks. And I was a creative writing major. I wanted to go into some kind of creative field, but I just didn't really know. So that was probably my biggest anxiety was thinking, I have no idea what my life is going to look like at all. I don't even know Mm. what I want to do. Yeah, Sam, anyway. I'm, I'm still yeah. thinking. I think we can. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Turk. How about you? We don't have to go linear. Aaron's last name is Turk, so I'll just refer. I'm, you can. Sorry. That's. Anyway. Aaron, Turk? Um, I, I think the, the biggest anxiety for me was probably losing my identity. I think there's a, a, a lot of my identity was built around uh, aspects of college that were only available in college. Um, so, personally, athletics was a big one for me. Um, being a member of a sports team, that's where my community was. That's kind of how I built my community and my, my identity in college. So things like that, um, a lot of the, I guess, affiliates, things I was participating in in college, uh, a lot of those things that people kind of knew me as, uh, knew Turk as, if you will, um, that are all, they're all things that you can't really take with you after college in a lot of ways. Hmm. Yeah. How about you, Kara? Does anything come to mind for you? Um, pretty similar to that. I think I was most anxious about leaving the community that I had, and I was moving away from where I went to college, so lo- losing all of my friends and where I went to church and all of that was anxiety Yeah. based on that. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And I, th- I thought of something. Just Sam, you're up. Cool. Um, I think for me, kind of the, the thing I was most anxious about was just like settling after school um, and doing something that other people wanted me to do and not what I wanted to do. Um, and I think mm-hmm. kind of at the beginning of college, to me, that was like just going straight into a nine to five, um, which I did end up doing that. But ultimately, it was something that I was like really passionate about and what I wanted to do. 
but yeah, for a long time, I was like, am I just going to leave college, settle for what everyone else is telling me to do, and then end up kind of hating what I do and like what I spend my time doing? Yeah, yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Um, back to this idea of passion, I, I would wonder, like, any of you guys coming out of college, would you say you had like an absolutely crystal clear understanding of who you were and what you were passionate about and how that was going to look for the next 50 years in your career? Can any one of you say that that was true? A little bit. A little bit. Turk, talk about that. Yeah. Well, I, I just felt very clearly that I had a, a kind of a call to ministry on my life, I guess, by my, my last year. Pepperdine, just various events, um, things that happened uh, that just seemed very kind of prophetic, if you will, over my life, made me feel very strongly that ministry um, was a calling on my life. Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily say I felt like I needed to go into it and spend the next 50 years of my life on it, right. um, but I, I felt like that had been instilled in me as a passion and in, in something that would, in some way, shape, or form, materialize. Yeah. Kind of God's call on that will yeah. come about. And I guess with that, and, and, and I guess what I'm getting to is like, what I have seen, even in all four of your stories, is sort of an evolution of understanding of who you are and how like you fit into a calling or career. Um, tell me like, what has it been like? So Maddie, I'll ask you directly, you say, like, I, I don't know what I'm doing coming out of college. You were a creative writing major. Like, clearly you were really gifted at that, but not, you weren't. I, what, barista. Yeah, barista, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is the a synonym, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, which, is, which is great. Um, and you actually are doing really great writing right now for Scottish Kings, yeah. Um, so talk about, like, what the process has been like now. You're working. And, um, and there seems to be at least some direction, so to speak. Like, what's the process been of discovering where to go? Yeah. Um, so right out of college, I first got married and then ended up traveling full-time for about eight months. And it felt like, okay, this is the perfect time for discernment. I'm going to figure out where we want to live, what I want to do. And... The reality was it didn't look a lot like that. It, we sort of ended up moving to Denver and started looking for jobs without really knowing what the job title might be. So do I want to do copywriting and content work? Do I want to um, write full-time for a newspaper or blog? I wasn't sure. Mm -hmm. um, and then I actually got some really good advice. I read it in, I think it was sort of like a advice column about being in your 20s and someone said treat your jobs out of college like an extended internship not like you don't have gifts not like you shouldn't be paid but like you're still figuring things out and no one's going to expect you to know what you're doing or what you want to do yet and by the time you're in your late 20s you might actually have figured some things out and gained some skills you didn't have and mm -hmm. I feel like in the last six months, I just realized I'm really excited about fashion, and I'm going to a summer extended, uh, what's it called, intensive program to learn a lot about it, and I never thought anything about that in college, so, but I also can see the way that God has, has brought me here. Mm -hmm. 
so I think that there's a lot of slow evolution, like you were saying, and sort of guidance. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Anyone else want to weigh in on that idea, like, or your experience? Turk, you've had a, you've had a few jobs along the way. Help, help, um, help us, like, give us a window into what you've learned on your journey through multiple different um, working experiences. Sure. Um, yeah, so I spent two years in, in ministry, two different ministry. Dave actually hired me both times. Twice, um, yeah. I spent a year in ministry in Malibu, a year in ministry here. Um, and then I did kind of a full 180, and I went uh, to work for a German beer company, and I spent some time traveling around the country hosting beer festivals. <laughs> um, so, and I kind of stayed in that industry for a little bit. I the best advice I could give, I, I remember after getting out of ministry and doing that whole beer festival tour thing, I was in a hotel room uh, one morning, and I was, I was on a treadmill and just praying about this, like, this sense of why am I doing this, you know? As I just mentioned, I, I felt very distinctly like I have this call, and many of you maybe are feeling, um, you know, as in, in college, you the Lord's putting things on your heart, and that's awesome. Um, and I felt the Lord say very clearly to me, um, this is not your calling, and that's okay. Um, and it brought a lot of peace to me in that moment. And I kind of pressed into that and just kept praying into that. And I felt like the Lord kind of, he put this image of um, Jesus as somewhere in his 20s as a 24-year-old, and you know, Jesus obviously was a carpenter um, his whole life. And put this image of Jesus, um, Jesus obviously knew his calling. He was uh, the Messiah. He, he was God. He knew who he was. He knew the prophecy he was sent to fulfill. And I kind of, so you kind of press into this image of me of Jesus um, as like a 24-year-old uh, knowing his calling, but also being okay in the moment building chairs for people and building tables for people, something that might not seem related. But mm. um, and that was really powerful for me, just knowing, like, a lot of being in your 20s is just saying yes to things and taking jobs and taking opportunities and um, mm. not aware how. We're not necessarily aware how God is using that in the present, but we know he will in the future, and we trust that. Mm. Um, I think all experience is good experience um, for the most part. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I answered your question. No, there, that's actually that really helpful. Like, no, all experience, ex- saying yes to things, these experiences are good. It might not feel like, like, why am I in, you know, Mississippi, like, pushing Paul Honor beer, um, do, like, putting on this beer festival, but there's, there's something the Lord's going to use this as he's building out this, um, your life and your work together. Um, speaking of, like, uh, I guess transition after college, which is this whole thing, um, speaking of all of that, um, one important question that uh, comes out a lot is about community outside of college. What, was, what has been your experience? What's been the challenge of, I want to ask specifically um, folks that have moved around. So Kara, I want to start with you. Tell us about your experience of finding community, having moved from the city you went to college in. Yeah, so it was hard to move away from my friends, especially because 
they all stayed in Seattle and they all really are still there and all live together and kind of have just extended the college, you know, friendship. Um, so moving away from that was hard in that I felt like I was going to be missing out on that and that I wouldn't find anything like that here. Um, but I think moving here, I tried to be intentional about getting involved in different things. And um, I don't know, I mean, at the law school, obviously, I'm kind of still in school. So you still have like classes where you meet people. Um, and so it really, I think, has been a smoother transition than I thought, but it did take time. And I feel like it wasn't until the beginning of this year that I feel like I have like good, close friends. Um, mm. So I think you do have to just realize that it's going to take time to find new community when you move somewhere new. Um, yeah. yeah. And Yeah, go ahead, Sam. Um, I mean, I guess kind of for me on almost the other end, I just moved down to Denver after school. Um, and I think my thought was, oh, sweet, I'm sticking around. Like, this is going to be easy. Like, hmm. half my friends are, like, still in Denver or in Boulder. Like, it's just going to be like college. But I think the reality is, like, and what I've been learning is, you have to like work a lot harder, even like with the friends that you already have like really good relationships with. Um, just cause life gets like a lot crazier. It gets a lot busier. There's a lot more like going on and like everyone else gets a lot busier. So you like really have to be very intentional at keeping like those relationships that seem to come like so easy in college. Yeah. Maddie, you, you talked a little bit about that before this. Talk, talk to us about the, the, the challenge and the upside of community after college. Yeah, I also moved to Denver, and there were a number of people I went to college with and was friends with, but also it is a little bit like starting fresh. You are busy. Um, you do have to choose to be with people. It's not like you live next door or in the same dorm. Um, but what's actually been really great about it is the depth of friendship you have. Um, when you're choosing to be with someone over something else, you call up a friend who lives maybe 15 minutes away and say, hey, can we get dinner? Can we get together for breakfast before work? Uh, can we go on a ski trip? It's really meaningful, and you know um, there's just a lot of assurance in your friendships. And uh, you also, on the flip side, get to choose who you don't want to be friends with, which I found also very refreshing. I think a lot of times in, like, built-in community, like college, you are in a big crew or you get to know a whole group of people, and now I feel like the people I'm surrounded with are people I would always choose to be around. Yeah. I know that there's some people in this room, many people that will move like make significant moves post-college I know at least one person got a job opportunity in LA this last week and I'm praying that they say yes um tell us for if if you've been in the like have moved and Turk you're about to move on Saturday again for the fourth time I think is that does that sound right okay so you're you're about to do this for the fourth time can you give us just one piece of helpful wisdom that you would share with someone who's picking up and moving to a place where they really don't know anybody and they're starting all over again. Sure. Uh, I guess to tag, just to follow up on that, if I could give some good advice, be protective about your community. Um, So finding community 
is an interesting concept. I think if you just go somewhere and all you're trying to do is find community, you'll find it, but you might find the wrong community. Um, and I think that can be dangerous too. Being patient, even if it means some lonely nights, is well worth it um, in the long run. I think to go to scripture, um, the Bible in Matthew 6 says, seek first the kingdom of Christ and the rest will be given to you. And I think that's really wise words. Uh, community should be built around your pursuit of Christ. Mm. Um, and it should kind of form naturally out of that, I, I think. And that's been the best results for me um, personally. So that would probably be... Um, you know, search for Christ. Don't search for community. And I think through doing that, your community will, will naturally follow. Yeah. Um, Kara, any one you want to add advice to, to move in, picking up and moving places? I think when you're picking up and moving somewhere new, don't be afraid to, you know, go to church by yourself or go do things you like doing by yourself um, because in doing them you're going to meet other people um, who also like doing those things. So I think just be brave in getting out there and meeting people. Yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of work and being brave, um, help us, um, you know, the, the, the stereotype is like, there are certain sect of people that are working and doing God's work. Those are people like me, the really righteous ones that work in a church building. Um, and then there are the rest of the people who are Christians when they read their Bible, go to church on Sundays or whatever nights you show up to a, a Christian community event, and then the rest of the time are just sort of like neutral people. But the Lord gives us like a different vision. Jesus gives us a different vision about our work and what it means to follow him. And um, so what have you guys learned about how your work and following Jesus actually is really interrelated? It's a big question, but how, what have you learned? Um, I, mean, I think I've learned, one, it's, it's really hard. Um, I mean, I think I'm on kind of the more opposite end of the spectrum where I'm working with not God's work people. Like, oh, no, I'm not working at a church. Um, it's like a pretty crazy... What are you selling right now? What are your accounts, if you're allowed to talk about them? Um, I mean, yeah, so... I mean, so, like, I mean, to some extent, I joke about it. I just say I sell lies all the time. Because, um, like, I don't know, it's advertising. It's, like, you're trying to... I mean, you're trying to manipulate people to do something is the ultimate goal. It's true. Like, I'm literally selling... I'm telling you to book hotel rooms. I work for Hotels.com. Um, Captain Obvious, yeah. Yes, Captain Obvious. Have you seen him? I know him. He's great. Anyways. Um, <laughs> wasn't going to mention that, but whatever. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's like, I mean, it's, it's this culture of, you know, we just need to grow this business. We need to grow sales. We need to grow, grow, grow. Hmm. Who cares about anything else unless we're, like, selling hotel rooms? Um, I think luckily I've actually been able to kind of do the flip side of that. I can't talk about it actually, um, which is true, um, to where it's like I'm actually getting to do something good. But 
I'm getting sidetracked. Um, I think ultimate, I think how I can like manifest my relationship at work with Jesus is just by like how I treat people. Mm. Like, especially in my role, it's all about kind of building relationships with people, um, and like maintaining relationships. And I think kind of the best way for me to do that is just like love people really well. Mm. Um, and ultimately like that's what Jesus did really well. He's like, he got to know people. Um, he like met their needs. He like spent time getting to know them. And I think, and it's something that not a lot of people in my industry do. Yeah. Um, so I think, like, I mean, to some extent, it differentiates, like, differentiates me from a lot of people is that, like, I actually care about the people that I work with yeah. and interact with rather than just trying to do, like, the next big thing. Yeah, that makes sense. Can we share your thought, Maddie? Yeah. Um, I think something I've been learning lately, being in an industry that I never thought I'd be in, which is gin, um, part of my job is I go around Denver and sell. I go to bars, restaurants, liquor stores, and offer tastings. And I think I was struggling with the idea of, like, the separation of my work and my faith. Like, um, how is how am I going to love Jesus in this scene? Um, and I think I've just learned this year that work is actually not only very holy, but God places us where we are in our jobs or right now where you are as students to restore his kingdom. So now I feel a sort of higher purpose in my work, having realized that, where similar to what you were saying, I am not just pouring gin tastings and talking about booze. I'm uh, connecting with people in a scene I have never known people. I go to restaurants and I know people's names and I try to remember them. And I think there's just something really holy no matter what you're doing, whether you're in ministry, whether you're on a full-time mission overseas, whether you're selling gin or selling lies. Um, (laughs) (laughs) There is actually a real holiness to it, um, and there's no hierarchy to it. Yeah, amen. Talk about, uh, I'd love for you guys to share a little bit about your journey of finding, um, walking with other Christians after college. I know that um, each of you were involved in a ministry really similar to the annex, if not the annex, when you were in college. And then after college, it was this, you know, uh, you emerge into the world where something like this doesn't necessarily exist in your town for you and your stage in life. And so it becomes a different challenge to um, uh, live in community with other Christians and worship together um, and study the scriptures together and follow Jesus together. Um, tell me about your journey. Uh, tell, uh, be willing. To, what's been hard and what's been something valuable you've learned ar- along the way in, um, in that part of your life? Um, something really cool thing, tagging off, just talking about community earlier too. One, one great lesson I learned and, and just, man, it's, it's awesome, is the... One thing about moving somewhere or even leaving college or your friends leaving college is in in a really unique and special and godly way, it, it gives God this awesome opportunity to put people in your life that are the, the people that are supposed to be in your life during that period of time and that season you're in. And it's a really beautiful thing 
the Lord can kind of ordain. So just flipping that perspective of like, man, I'm losing my friends. I'm losing, you know, she's going over here or I'm moving. I don't know anybody. But flipping that perspective to this idea of like, man, this gives God a really cool chance to put people in my life right now that are the people that really need to be in my life. And God knows these people need to be in my life for this yeah. season. So yeah. um, I, I just thought that was really just flipping your perspective in a more positive sense to that was really really great for me and that's kind of something i'm taking to san francisco um for sure yeah. anyone want to reflect uh, more too um yeah i think i mean almost like the hard part about even like continuing relations afterwards is that it can get like really comfortable mm-hmm. um i know for me like i'm still rolling kind of with like the same crew that i did in college and like yeah you guys sat in the back row yeah we sat in the back row and we we sat in that row and we yeah. listened very intently. You always laugh every at my jokes. word. Um, it has gone downhill in terms of participation yeah, since I'm you sorry. left. Yeah. Um, but I think just like being around the same people and like the same community can get really comfortable and like you can all feel really comfortable and basically just convince yourself that like you are close and like that you do actually know what's going on in everyone's life mm-hmm. um, and like that you actually are really connected. But I think ultimately like that sometimes isn't true. Hmm. Um, I mean, especially it's, I mean, it's for sure tough, especially like for me living with other roommates that like, I know I'm close with, um, to like one continue to like pursue deeper and deeper and deeper. Cause I just convince myself that I know how they're doing all the time. So that's hard. And then it's also hard. I mean, coming home after like a 10, 11 hour day to then be like, okay, hmm. like I need to invest in these relationships as well, instead of just like, yeah. I'm going to sit down and go to bed. <laughs> like, and it's tough. And I mean, it just, yeah. I think what I've learned a lot is yeah. it just takes work. Yep. It takes investment. Yep. Um, and it takes like a lot of intentionality. Yeah. Um, and it just doesn't come natural. Yeah. I want to finish with just two more questions. What has been the most important element of your life with Jesus post college? Like, what's been. Um, maybe it's different than college, maybe it's the same, but what's been the most important element about your connection and the way you follow Jesus post-college? Turk, why don't you go? Okay. Just start. <laughs> Turk, help us out here. Personally, uh, it's been church. I, th- I think it's just so important to to stay plugged in and go to church. Um, Help, what, when you say church, what is that? Like, what do you, like, what's your yeah. commitment, like, connection? Yeah, for me, it, it's showing up, you know, on Sundays, participating in a congregation, finding somewhere where you can serve. Um, and I, it's, church is, for most people in this room, it's the position I was in, this will be kind of the first time we quote-unquote church shop, you know? Um, the first time you're on your own, and it can be a really interesting difficult confusing these people believe this these people believe that everyone kind of has that cliche no church is perfect so just jump in um but and i don't necessarily have great advice navigating that um the only thing i can say is when you're in that season uh look for a church that you can help make perfect that makes sense. No church will be perfect, but instead of going into a church saying, um, man, uh, this church doesn't have good 
Bible studies or, or opportunities for Bible studies. I don't think it's going to help me. Maybe you can go into a church saying, man, I, I could lead a Bible study here and really you know, add to this the strength of the church. This church doesn't have a good mm-hmm. kids ministry. Um, I don't know if I, you know, I, I'm getting married soon. I don't know if I want to post up here. Maybe you're passionate about kids and you can walk into these doors and say, gosh, there's such an opportunity here to have an awesome children's ministry. Can we like, can I partner? Can I join? Can I serve in that aspect? So mm. for me personally, it, I just, the, the kind of guy I am, um, I always think it's important to seek wisdom, seek counsel from people that are smarter than you. Um, your friends are awesome. They're the people you do life with and man, do you need them? Um, I, I just think it's also really important to have pastors, have people um, that are just giving you wisdom on a weekly, if not you know, multi, multiple times a week uh, basic yeah. basis to be learning from. And I think it's just such an important concept in the Bible and everything just to participate and yeah. stay plugged in and serve in a church. So for me, um, that was probably the most important aspect as far as my faith saying kind of solid and entering it up. Yeah, love it. Yeah, I think for me, it was actually just how important a relationship with Jesus is. Um, I think, you know, for me and, like, my experience, like, going through high school and college, like, it was, like, really easy to have, like, a relationship with Jesus and, like, say I follow Jesus and, like, do all these things and, like, follow all the steps and, like, do everything that kind of, like, the church tells you to do. Um... And then I think going kind of post-college into an environment in a world where that wasn't just, like, regularly, like, spoken to me or, like, regularly, like, available, I was like, oh, wow, like, like it is really important to have, like, a solid foundation and, like, relationship with Jesus because, like, I mean, I don't think I could do what I do without, like, failing as, like, a person. Like, I could, I think I could do my job and, like, do it, like, the same that I'm doing, but I would kind of lose myself in it. Um, and I think the only reason that I'm not, like, I haven't done that is because of, like, my actual, like, my relationship with Jesus. Yeah. And I think it just, like, that has manifested itself of why it's so important to, like, actually be, like, rooted and have a foundation in Jesus and, like, actually trust him and know him um, and continue to, like, I mean, just like you have to invest in your community, like, you have to invest in Jesus, like post-college, you can, it just doesn't come to you naturally. Yeah. It's harder. Yeah. yeah. And you still like have to put the time, the effort, um, and like the intentionality into pursuing that. And ultimately I think yeah. it allows you to like maintain your sense of self, especially if you kind of go into this more secular world. Yeah. Love it. Thank you. Um, let's see. Well, I think I sort of envy Turk's involvement in church. I've been in Denver for almost two years and just, my husband and I, we've really struggled to find what we see as being like a great church home. But um, similarly to what Sam is saying, I think um, I feel intensely close to Jesus still because I think that life would be really lonely, particularly after college, without that. Um, Mm. And on top of that, I have gotten to know a lot of amazing entrepreneurs in Denver who are Christian and who are living that out in their work and the things they've started and I get to sit with them and hear about like wow you started like a multi-million dollar company and you're telling me about like how you integrated your faith in that um 
So I think I would really love to be plugged into a church community soon. And I also think there is church happening everywhere. Mm. Um, and it's really important that you look for it. Yeah, thank you. Okay, how about you? I think for me, um, one of the important elements post-college has been staying in touch with my core group leader and the people that were in my core group. Um, the inn in Seattle also has core groups. And just having people that I every so often you know, check in with and we share like what our prayer requests are and we'll have also discussions about different verses in the Bible and what they mean um, and having that kind of support still, even though I'm not physically with them, um, has been really important. And then, kind of like Turk said, too, um, just going to church on Sundays has been a big thing for me, even though I'm still kind of going back and forth between two different churches. I feel like I've learned that there's valuable things at all the different churches. You know, none of them are perfect, but they all have something to offer if you're willing to be open to it, I guess. Thank you. Uh, You answered my last question, too. I I think I I was going to ask, what could we be doing now to invest for the future? And each of what you shared are things that we can invest in now in our walk in Jesus and will have great benefit Um, as we transition into the future in graduation. I want to give one quick plug. On Thursday night, um, we will be gathering at 6.30. And Rob, tell us the location. Okay. Yep. Perfect. Southwest corner, College of Engineering, Tower of Mordor, you know the place. And, um, and, but, but in that space, um, we will be hosting a future ready night, which will feature at 6.30 a dinner. And then at 7 o'clock for um, about a half hour each, we'll, there'll be uh, several workshop options regarding topics that are relevant to everyone in this room, whether you're a senior or a freshman, um, preparing yourself um, for, um, for the future, taking advantage of resources on campus, um, managing your money. Uh, we'll be talking about um, networking and loose connections and how essential those are for your future um, working life, and then talking about interviews and resumes, etc. So anyone in this room, I think, would really benefit from that. If you would please come, it's going to be great. Um, but RSVP, um, if you haven't already, there will be a sign-up sheet in the back. I want to finish the night. Worship team, if you come up, you guys can just sit here and um, suffer through being on stage while you're not saying anything. Um, I, want to, um, I want to finish this night. This is a psalm that I've been um, I'm reading each day during the season of Lent, which maybe is a season that you're also um, kind of taking uh, to, to heart. And this is a psalm that's really about remembering who the Lord is in the chaos of life. And there is no way to graduate from college and not experience significant tumult in your life. That's just what it is. It's a big transition. Everything will be different. There's no way around it. There will be scary things and things that give you have opportunity for anxiety without a doubt. That's just what happens. And yet, Psalm 46 reminds us about what's really true about God and what's true for us when we trust Him. So this is Psalm 46, and then we'll transition into worship. Is that center right, Joe? Sounds great. Awesome. It says this, God is our refuge and strength, 
an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way, the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. See, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations he has brought on earth. He makes wars cease. To the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and he shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fires. He says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Amen. Let's worship.